It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Washington football team, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Welcome to another Locked On Podcast Network crossover Thursday episode. I am host of Locked On 49ers, Brian Peacock. I'm with Chris Russell. He's the host of the Washington football team yet to be named. Maybe he's got some insight on what that name might be. We talked uh, earlier this summer about a lot of things, and uh, that was one of the big topics then. But now we've got a playoff team potentially in Washington out of nowhere and Playoff hopes dwindling for the 49ers. So we'll get into that week 14 matchup today. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day. No matter how you watch this season, Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels. Because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game, it's made for those who watch it. Pepsi made for football watching. Chris, how are you doing so far in this uh, this wild season that is 2020? It's had a lot more twists and turns than I think even uh, we expected with COVID and the pandemic when we talked about this, when we previewed it during the summer. How is everything going over there in Washington? Yeah. Hey, Brian, it's uh, good to be with you. First of all, happy holidays to you, you and your listeners. Um, you know, it, it's been... Um, you know, a wise man once told me when I first joined the 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 then Redskins beat, now the Washington football team beat uh, 12 years ago, that there's um, no days off and there never will be one. Uh, there's hours off. There's no days off. And that is so true. Uh, that adage never, ever, ever is false. Uh, and uh, that's pretty much the way it's been, you know, for as long as I I, you know, as long as I can remember and, and this off season, as you alluded to was absolutely bonkers and the season started and it was almost like, Oh wait, you mean we actually get to talk football and then (laughs) they won their season opener and everybody was like, ah, okay, we can be happy for a change for a couple of days. And then they went on a, a five game losing streak. And that wasn't very good. And the defense was getting shredded. Uh, and, and and then it was a little bit back and forth. And there were times where you felt, Oh my gosh, this is like out of control. And this is still the same old organization. And what do you know, three wins later, including one uh, on Monday night at Heinz field that I was at, um, you, you know, changes the complexion of a lot of conversation uh, around here. It doesn't fix uh, everything, but it certainly puts everything else on the back burner. Yeah, a, a wild weekend there. Monday Night Football, both these teams coming off the primetime games or semi-primetime for the Washington Steelers game there, but uh, both franchises playing against powerhouse AFC teams that are definitely headed to the playoffs and very different outcomes. That was a, that was a surprising win from Washington, and uh, me on the outside looking in, I want to get some of your insights on why Washington is playing so well right now. And uh, to me, it's, you know, defensive line and then some maybe just we all know 
49ers fans know exactly who Alex Smith is and the type of player he is mm-hmm. and the type of human being he is. And I want to talk a little bit about that. But just as far as on the field goes with this team, he's not the type of player who's going to put a team on his back, but he's not the type of player to make a bunch of mistakes. And it sounds like Ron Rivera is okay with that and it probably likes that he knows what he's going to get from his quarterback. No surprises and just take what's open, check it down if you have to, let the defense play and keep games close and maybe win a few of them. Yeah, so th- there's so many things to unpack here. First, you know, that comeback win, Brian, on, on Monday night, you know, Alex has led comebacks in relief against the New York Giants a couple of weeks ago after uh, Kyle Allen got hurt and dislocated his ankle. Uh, and that was at the end of the first quarter. And, and, and if you remember that game, Alex put up, you know, 300 and, uh, or 317 yards or yeah. whatever it was, but he also threw three killer interceptions. And, you know, so there was some good, some bad, and they lost. And then the next week he actually started for the first time since the injury and he put up 390 yards on the road in Detroit, but they still lost. And there were other reasons why they lost. And then there was, you know, then the numbers started to kind of tail off statistically, but they won. <laughs> they won against Joe Burrow in Cincinnati. Now, maybe some people say, well, the Bengals are awful uh, and Joe Burrow got hurt early in the third quarter. That's why you won. And maybe there is some truth to that. Then they go and spank the Cowboys. They pull away in the fourth quarter and people still said, hey, you know what? Alex Smith is not great. The defense really did that. And again, there's some truth to that. Then on Monday night, Alex and the Washington football team are down 14 to nothing. And Alex has taken back to back sacks on the final drive of the second half of the first half. And they get a last second field goal to kind of make it 14 three and 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 everybody's like okay so let's find out how good Alex Smith is and where this team is at and what kind of mental fortitude they have because they've been a great second half team all year long as sure as you know what they shut down Pittsburgh on offense that's the defensive component they got a couple of field goals including the one right at the buzzer for halftime from Dustin Hopkins he won the NFC special teams player of the week and their Alex was throwing for almost 300 yards and a lot of that damage coming in the set in the third and fourth quarter without really Terry McLaurin their best receiver being a part of it and they had already lost Antonio Gibson so Alex put it all together no turnovers really good statistical production come from behind win doing it largely without a running game and without one of their best players there and again McLaurin not even really a big factor he only had 14 yards Brian and to me it was kind of like okay that's Ideally, if you can draw it up, this is as much a team win in every way. And Alex's poise and his, 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 um, I guess, mental fortitude, along with Ron Rivera and what they built here, kind of all came to fruition against a really good team. Yeah, when I saw that that uh, box score at the end of the game, and I watched the game, but it didn't really dawn on me. It was two catches for 14 yards for Terry McLaurin yep. and 10 catches for J.D. McKissick. And so a lot of folks yep. out there that are playing fantasy football are probably pretty glad that they've got Alex Smith checking the ball down to J.D. McKissick and they could start that player on their fantasy football team because, as we all know, at this point in the season, you lose running backs like Antonio Gibson and, and a bunch of other running backs that are hurt around the league, so you got to scramble. So J.D. McKissick giving people some value on their fantasy football teams. But um, 
it's uh it's it's a very interesting team right now and it's the exact wrong time I think for the 49ers to have drawn Washington because all season long it was like well at least we get Washington and Dallas at the end of the season that'll be a couple of wins before a couple of NFC West opponents but uh, those aren't going to be that easy of games and I think Washington's going to be a much tougher opponent than Dallas judging by what we saw with Dallas's defense um, on uh, on Tuesday night football but I want to talk a little bit about that Washington defense because they've got the runaway Defensive Rookie of the Year in Chase Young, and we all know how good he's played, but they still have Ryan Kerrigan and Montez Sweat on the other side, their first-rounder from 2019, Jonathan Allen, a first-rounder from 2017, Deron Payne, a first-rounder from 2018. So um, it's one of the few teams that can rival how many first-round picks they have on their defensive line that the 49ers have on their defensive line. Uh, That's definitely the strength of this team. How well are they playing, and how well are the the pieces playing behind that defensive line? Yeah, I mean... um... You know, you said it there. They have built that defensive line sort of like Kyle Shanahan, John Lynch uh, and the 49ers. And and we know where that got uh, that crew last year, nine minutes away, you know, from a uh, from a Super Bowl. So, um, you know, when you look at this defensive line, um, you know, I don't know. Like, I know where to begin, but I don't know where to begin, if that makes sense. Because every game, it seems to be somebody a little bit different, right? Chase Young had the big fourth down and goal stop on Benny Snell. And I know Benny Snell's more of a reserve, but still, he knifed in, he read it, he diagnosed it, he blew up what he said looked like a double team to him, and nobody kind of touched him, and he read it, and he just knifed in there and blew it up. Uh, And then you have Jonathan Allen, who was kind of disappointing a little bit earlier this year and he's just been a bull the last four or five games uh and Deron Payne who you know again at times you don't notice him but then man when he's on Brian whew and he can stop the run too and he's athletic and now they're starting to deploy these guys oh Oh, I forgot Montez Sweat, who, you know, had the knockdown or knock up for the pick six in Dallas to end the Thanksgiving wing. And then, you know, and this was a key for me. I said this, I I said, I don't know how they're, if they're going to be able to get to Ben and the Steelers because of how quickly he gets rid of the football. I said, but the way you can neutralize a, a, a short, quick passing attack is to get your hands up and to alter throwing lanes and to knock passes down. And there he was again, Montez Sweat, all six, six of them trying to do exactly that and doing exactly that for the game ceiling interception to John Bostic. Uh, and then you mentioned Kerrigan. And, you know, this team is without Matt Ioannidis, who over the last couple of years, a fifth round pick out of Temple, has been their best pass rusher, quite honestly. Uh, and they're without Caleb Brantley, who was expected to play a big role. He opted out. So they're really deep. Now, listen, I, I make the argument. I don't know how you feel, Brian, and I don't know how much you guys talk about this, you know, on. on 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 your own, uh, you know, on the other podcast uh, with Matt. But to me, when you have that kind of talent, you should be dominant, right? Let's make Mm -hmm. no mistake about it. You should be dominant. And it took this unit a while to get used to each other and the new 4-3 scheme under Ron Rivera and Jack Del Rio. And we've really seen a transition. And I believe it starts with stopping the run. Last three wins, they've only allowed 50 yards rushing per game. They started stopping the run. That's allowed them to pin their ears back and be more creative with their blitz, uh, with their pass rush scheme, because they don't blitz a lot, with their pass rush scheme and their alignments. And to me, that's where it really all kind of started to gel together. 
Yeah, you're preaching to the choir there when it comes to a defensive line. Not only does that make you better against the run, but you can get pressure on opposing quarterbacks with rushing only four. That just makes everybody better on the back end. And we've seen that in San Francisco, not having Nick Bosa all year, how much of an impact mm-hmm. player he was. And, oh, yeah, also losing DeForest Buckner. They replaced him with the first rounder, but they weren't able to replace all of that um, production from DeForest Buckner yet from a rookie. So uh, that's just made everything a little bit more difficult on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, let's talk a little bit more about that 49ers defense and the 49ers team, Chris, coming up. And we're going to have to make some predictions as well on this Thursday crossover episode. 49ers, Washington, played in Arizona. Oddball of a game in this oddball of a year. More Thursday crossover coming up. All right, once again, it is Chris Russell here. Before we get back to Crossover Thursday, I'm here to tell you about Built Go. That's right. If you need a little energy boost, I have a perfect way for you to do it. You don't need sugar. You don't need an energy drink that has a hard crash. What you need is Built Go. Easy to take, one-and-a-half-ounce packages. You put it in your briefcase, your golf bag, your workout bag, your whatever kind of bag that you have, your purse, whatever you want to do. Built Go is the best workout gel on the market. It's five-hour energy without that same crash feeling. One-and-a-half-ounce packages, three delicious flavors, chocolate mint, chocolate coconut, or peanut butter honey. I love the peanut butter honey. That is a good combination. Not as good as peanut butter chocolate, but peanut butter honey is pretty damn close. Built Go combines energy gel with collagen protein, B6, B12. You get all of that great stuff, and the collagen makes you look better. Joint soft tissue health. Mm, You'll feel great. Visit BuiltGo.com and use the promo code LOCKED, and you'll get 20% off your next order. Use the promo code LOCKED for 20% off at BuiltGo.com, and let's go. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Chris, I've asked you a lot about uh, the Washington football team so far in this podcast, so I'll turn it over to you. Uh, what, what, what are your thoughts on the 49ers, and uh, what questions do you have for me with the way this team looks now after 13 weeks? Yeah, so it's interesting. I mean, obviously, I've seen them, but I haven't seen them as much as you have. And we were busy, of course, after the game on Monday night in Pittsburgh. So I didn't get a chance to watch much of that game. But obviously, a you know, a 34-24 loss uh, to the Buffalo Bills, I, I, w- I don't want to say surprising by any means. And I know, you know, the, the late Jordan Reed touchdown made it probably closer than it is. But I- I'll start with you know, this you mentioned in our last segment with Bosa out, and obviously they've had all sorts of other injuries, Kittle and Garop, uh, and Jimmy Garoppolo, and, and and I know Sherman came back. And um, how do you think Kyle and his coaching staff have kind of handled this big picture wise? Because to be quite honest with you, at five and seven, Brian, even though you know, again, Monday night was a tough loss. Considering everything that they've been through from afar, I walk away still impressed with how this operation is is working. Is that 
where you are or or something else. Yeah, and I think that's one of the reasons that defensive coordinator Robert Sala is garnering, garnishing so much respect around the league and, and there's so much talk about him as being a future head coach in the NFL because, A, there's no quit in this team uh, all season long and all game long, even when they've been down in some games, uh, even with, you know, it's really easy to fold up shop with everything they've had to go through as a franchise this year and now playing in a new home in a different state. Uh, they don't quit, and they play hard, and especially on the defensive side of the ball, you see these guys flying around. So Robert Sala has them playing fast, has them believing, and every single player just raves about him. And so if you're a, a franchise that's looking for a guy that's going to provide some leadership, then yes, Robert Sala would definitely be that guy. And on the offensive side of the ball, not having your best player in George Kittle and not having your quarterback, most teams really struggle without having a great quarterback. And, and I think you've seen some of that in Washington this year when there's no consistency at that position. So just to hold your head above water, I think, is a victory for the 49ers. I don't know that they necessarily see it that way. They're a team that was, uh, I mean, they wanted to run it back. Like anything less than a mm-hmm. Super Bowl, I think this year was going to be a disappointment for them. So they're very disappointed right now being two games under 500 and and really needing to win out to have any shot at the playoffs in the NFC. So uh, overall, it's a disappointing season, but when you put it in context, I think it is pretty impressive the way they've played some games and some of the some of the teams they've beaten and some of the, the ways that they've won, but um, it, it's not done yet. And I, I really think that if they lose to Washington, if they lose a game or two down the stretch and they're not in that playoff conversation, overall it'll be still just such a disappointing season, despite them fighting pretty hard to uh, to overcome a lot of adversity this year. Absolutely. Can you evaluate Nick Mullins for me? Because... You know, again, you look at the numbers from Monday night and everybody's going to, well, he passed for over 300 yards. But again, we mentioned the late touchdown and the late score to Jordan Reed. Some people would call that, you know, garbage time, Um, you know, a couple of interceptions. Uh, What do you see there? And against this talented front that Washington has, how big of an issue is that going to be? Yeah, and I think it's a testament to Kyle Shanahan to be able to put up some Uh, pretty nice numbers for Nick Mullins because when you watch him play, it doesn't feel like he's put up the numbers he has. And then you go back and there's stats like this one. I saw today among 35 quarterbacks in the NFL with at least a hundred passing attempts from a clean pocket in 2020, Nick Mullins leads the league with a 9.5 yards per attempt. And there was a stat they showed on Monday Night Football that said, you know, passing yards for starting quarterbacks in their first 13 starts in the NFL. And it was Patrick Mahomes, Andrew Luck, and Nick Mullins. And it's just like, you know, he's putting up some numbers, but when you watch the games happen and you watch them real time, there's definitely something missing there. And he's not the type of player you want starting games for you. He's just a little bit underarmed and, you know, undersized. He's He's uh, been prone to throw a couple of bad interceptions here and there. And when you don't have the type of ability to push the ball down the field and make really big plays, then if you make any mistakes, you're going to be behind the sticks and it's it's going to really hurt your football team. So overall, you know, I'm impressed by a guy who came out of Southern Miss as an undrafted free agent and has been able to to carve out a career for himself. I think he's definitely a career backup, though. And if you have Nick Mullen starting games, it's definitely not an ideal situation. So, you know, the 49ers are going to need some help. And if they're really going to make a run at it, they got to get Jimmy Garoppolo back in a couple of weeks before they face those NFC West teams. No doubt. You know, um, while we're on the quarterback, you know, Kyle Shanahan, as, as you well know, um, you know, and I, as I covered every day for four years and I got to know Kyle and, and Mike very well, you know, he can turn, um, chop chicken into chicken salad or, yes. or, or whatever the, the adage he can make a guy that maybe doesn't belong or maybe isn't the best better, but he's not, 
like as good a coach as he is and as good of a schemer as he is, he's not a miracle worker. Ultimately you have to have, you know, the talent and you have to have the pieces around and not having Kittle, even though my guy, Jordan Reed, who again, I got to cover and watch his career here in Washington and, and, and really admired his toughness and his strength, even though he's been, you know, good in the absence of Kittle, he went through injuries. Um, and Trent Williams, same thing. And I know he's been on and off the COVID list. You know, Kyle's kind of surrounded himself coaching wise and player wise with guys that are familiar with him. And maybe it's those kind of guys, uh, as you mentioned, what they are facing here with the relocation, to Arizona, the game against Washington, uh, short week, all of that stuff still to come. It's, it's maybe that familiarity and that dependence uh, that Kyle has on the people that he really knows the best that might be able to fuel uh, San Francisco here. Yeah, you know, and Kyle Shanahan has really utilized that. And it's more than I've ever noticed in a regime in San Francisco is Kyle Shanahan and uh, and John Lynch really getting people and bringing in people that they trust and talking to college coaches that they trust about their prospects. They've drafted a lot of people from South Carolina and Arizona State has been a big one and is a big reason why the 49ers drafted Brandon Ayuk and trusting mm-hmm. people that they know and bringing in players that he knows from the past. And and even if they overpay him and they don't they don't play the role that they expected when they signed him, especially when they gutted the thing in 2017, it brought a, a, char- a, bit, a bit of character and brought in players that knew the system and helped grow the thing and might have helped other players that ended up being the actual starters and being the contributors. Uh, coaches, staff, all the way down, he's really leaned heavily on people he already knew, and we've seen a lot of connections there between Washington and San Francisco for that reason. Uh, one more, and then we'll we'll take a quick timeout. I, I guess we'll flip it to the defense. Uh, because I don't want to ignore them. Uh, Fred Warner seems from afar, Brian, you tell me, like the guy that, you know, kind of everything sort of runs through emotionally and and maybe even on the field uh, as well. And and you mentioned one of those first round picks from South Carolina, Javon Kinlaw. Um, and, and I know Sherman's obviously on the back end. Tell me about this defense and how it has kind of worked together without Bosa and without some other pieces. Well, the 49ers have blitzed more than they ever have under Robert Sala to try to make up for the lack of pass rush, and they had hoped they were going to get some more from D. Ford this year as well because when Bosa and Ford were both on the field last year, this was one of the best Mm -hmm. defenses in the NFL, if not the best, and also the best at getting after the quarterback. So there's definitely a correlation there. So uh, they've had to blitz a lot more. They've gotten lucky and gotten a lot of production from Kerry Hyder, who's got seven and a half sacks right now. Javon Kinlaw showed flashes, and he'll show some... Uh, unbelievable bursts uh, of ability, but consistency is a big problem for him overall, as you would expect from a rookie. And I think we already knew he was going to be pretty raw coming into the league, but there's a ton of talent there and he's got that drive and that motor and he's, he's nonstop, which I think is going to bode well for his career. And you mentioned Fred Warner, who's just the unsung superstar of this team. He's the one star player. The 49ers haven't lost for any games this year. And and he's basically become the heart and soul of that defense. Mm -hmm. And he's so smart and he's so good against the run. So good. Uh, against the pass and so athletic and makes all the calls and and he's been making the calls since the first game of his rookie year so uh, he's really an impressive player and I think just swagger wise which is something I don't usually put a ton of uh, emphasis on when it comes to teams and think it's somewhat overblown but you can definitely tell a difference in the way they play when Richard Sherman's on the field and when he's not on the field even though he's not athletically the gifted player he once was and he was never you know all about speed in the first place he's so smart and if he wants to play 
10 more years and play safety in the NFL. I'm sure he probably could as long as his legs will hold up. So um, all those players really important, but the, the number one thing I've noticed about this defense is the pass rush. And if you don't, if you can't bother opposing quarterbacks in the NFL, you're going to have, it's going to be really tough to have a really highly functional defense. And that's what the 49ers D is struggling with right now, even though they've really played over their heads a lot of this season. Ryan, uh, I, I guess we'll come back and make some predictions, right? Yeah, and, yeah let's do and, that. And, and kind of see how how we we see this oddball of a game <laughs> between two five and seven teams, uh, neither of which really play in Glendale, Arizona, but because no. it's 2020, they're going to play in Glendale, Arizona. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, some matchups I want to talk about still here. Uh, one more wild twist between Washington and San Francisco that could continue into 2021, and we'll make our predictions next. Guys, this football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch this season. I tell you all the time, I go to FedEx Field, and I just cannot make it through a game with not one, but two, not three, not four, not five, at least six or seven Diet Pepsis. That's how I roll on a game day Sunday. How do you roll? Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels. Because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game, it's made for those who watch it. Go to Pepsi, made for football watching, and madeforfootballwatching.com to check out the latest football watching content from our friends at Pepsi. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box and Free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. All right, let's finish this up strong, Chris. By the way, you can find Chris on Twitter at Russellmania621. I love the name Russellmania. Uh, <laughs> and you can hear him on the airwaves of 1067, the fan, and of course, the host of the, Los the Washington Locked On NFL Washington football team podcast that is going to have a new name at some point along with <laughs> the team. Do we know, Chris, what the what the new team name might be? Has it been? Well, are they waiting for this? Uh, because there was that guy that bought up all the rights to the names, right? right are they waiting for that right. to, to go through the courts? Is that what's happening? Yeah. So, I mean, it's a complicated process, as I'm sure you know. I mean, it's not only a name change, it's a logo branding change. And they want to be, you know, they want to make sure they're not offensive, even though they say they always said Redskins was not offensive uh, and was not meant to be offensive to Native Americans. So they've got to go through every hurdle leap. And, and and pothole that you could imagine. My understanding, Brian, as as from what I've been told by the team president, uh, Jason Wright, a former NFL running back who was just hired in in late July, early August, 
is that this is not going to be done for at least another year. Uh, they might have the name that they desire to move forward with, but it's not going to be announced until they, again, clear all of these hurdles. And there's many more, as you can imagine, uh, from a financial perspective in terms of you know, uh, protections and trademarks and all that stuff. So this is a super complicated process. If I had to guess, it'll be something with a military theme and tribute to it. Um, I don't believe, I don't, I, I, I don't know if they're even going to keep Washington as a part of it because, you know, they're... I mean, not to get too complicated, the District of Columbia might be become a state eventually, and and so it might not be Washington D.C. We just don't know what's going to happen. So um, I do think it'll have a military theme to it. I just don't know exactly what it will be, and nobody that I've talked to there will admit if they have like even a, a, a favorite in the clubhouse. Okay. I think they do, but I don't know if they do. All right, DC Defenders, it is then, right? Or does that already exist? Oh. I don't know. That just rolls off the tongue. Well, that was that was the X. That was the XFL. Oh, team. that's why that sounded so right. So right. right. Okay. And def- and Defenders obviously would be cool yeah. if that hadn't already happened. Yeah. And and again, the DC part is is complicated as well. So let's see here. Uh, I, I do want to talk about a, a, a one more twist. We mentioned Alex Smith a lot at the beginning of the podcast, and uh, looking at his numbers of his contract, it wouldn't seem that whatever the name of that franchise becomes, I don't think he'll be wearing that uniform after this year, right? Just because he's got such a massive contract that I don't think uh, that franchise or really any franchise would want to pay Alex Smith right now. Am I reading that correctly? So it's a great question. And it's one that I've wrestled and struggled with for, for a while now. My thought all along was until the last month, Hell no, there's no chance you could pay 23 and a half million under the cap when Next year, quite honestly, is the first year they could get out of this albatross of a contract because of the injury, um, you know, where they were stuck paying 20 plus million dollars under the cap and not getting anything, unfortunately, again, because of the injury. And and there was no guarantee that he was going to come back. But they stayed with him. They paid him. They took the cap hit. Uh, they they rehabbed him. And obviously, he's back. And we know uh, the other part of the story. And and right now, Brian, if 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 I'm looking at it, honestly, you say, well, $23.5 million, not that bad for a starting quarterback, right? The thought is they are absolutely going to take a quarterback early in the draft. But while most people are just hell-bent on them having to take a quarterback in the top 10, I don't think they are. I think they want to take the quarterback that they feel they can develop in the first or second round, but I don't think they are hell-bent on getting into the top 10 and having to jump up and having to get... And I also think if their guy isn't there, they're going to be fine to walk away and say, okay, we have Alex Smith. We still have insurance and and prepaid insurance in Dwayne Haskins. We still have Kyle Allen, who's an exclusive rights free agent. Um, Just wrapping this up, the only part of this is if they keep those guys, right, and say they draft a first or a second rounder, it could cost them 30 plus million dollars under their cap next year. And they still might not have the exact idea of who their quarterback Mm. for the future is. Yeah. I mean, and you have to get the quarterback position right too. And it seems like they've moved off of Haskins and it was like, okay, look, we know that's not going to be the guy anymore. And they they brought in Allen, which makes me think that that would be the easiest way to know that you have a veteran player that can come in and start week one, 2021 and, and still, 
you know, lop off Sal- Alex Smith's salary from the salary cap. And then in which case, if the Niners decide to move away from Garoppolo, save some money there, mm-hmm. maybe Alex Smith would be a nice stopgap for San Francisco. Yeah. And the other tie in here is the, the team that loses this game might be the team that has the, the earlier draft pick in April and steals that quarterback away from the other team. So there's a, there's many factors here to this, but I think both these teams want to win now and try to get in the playoffs yeah. more so than drafting that quarterback next year. That's a great. That's a great point. And and around here, they'd rather lose and get the higher draft okay. pick. I got to be honest <laughs> with you, Brian. I've covered so many bad teams and so many losing teams and so many dysfunctional December's. I got to be honest with you. I'm enjoying this one. That's I'm wild. enjoying this resurgence, and I don't care one ounce about who they draft in April. I'll deal with April when we get to January is, is kind of the way I look at it. That's rare that a team that's tied for first place in December, their fans are like, you know what? We'd probably rather lose this game still. That's, that's a, that is an interesting <laughs> Washington, place Washington is a rare NFL city and they're also a beaten down, beaten down NFL city. Remember it's been, it's been 28 years, 28 years since really they've been, I don't want to say relevant, but since they've been really good and consistent, good. It's been 28 years. It's been far, far too long. Let's get to the prediction side of things, Chris. Actually, one more quick one before we get to the predictions that I want to ask you about. And Kyle Shanahan really puts stress on the middle of defenses, linebackers, safeties. How is the middle of the field been playing for Washington? Is that an area the 49ers, if Nick Mullins is able to find time, but the 49ers are able to get the running game going and get past that first level of defensive mm-hmm. line defenders. How is the middle of the field being played right now on defense oh, in Washington? You're so, you're so right. Cause that's classic Kyle. Absolutely. Um, you know, I, so here's how I would answer it. The safeties were a mishmash earlier in the year. Landon Collins was lost for the season. He was terrible by the way, before he went out, uh, they started Troy Apke. He was terrible. Uh, they cut Sean Davis, who they signed as a free agent uh, before the season even started. So that didn't work out. So they were really a mishmash. They've seemed to solidify things lately with, of all people, Cam Curl, a rookie seventh round pick out of Arkansas, who played a little free and a little corner uh, in, in, in Arkansas and, and really here has played mostly strong uh, at least the last mm, five, six games, again, since the Landon Collins injury. So he's really been good for them, solidifying things on the back end. DeShazer Everett is a guy you guys will also see. He's a physical player with some speed, uh, but not great in coverage. The linebackers have been kind of the issue. They have a speedy guy in Kevin Pierre-Lewis who, for whatever reason, is not great in coverage. They have John Bostic who... Sometimes he's good in coverage, and a lot of times he's not good in coverage, but he's a veteran leader, and they like him. Uh, And then Cole Holcomb is the kind of X factor because he's young, he's got speed, he's got athleticism, but he'll make some young young player mistakes. But when he's on, Brian, that guy is not somebody that I would mess with, and I'd love to see a matchup you know, down the seam between Jordan Reed and a guy like Cole Holcomb, because I think that would be fascinating to watch. Uh, Even though Jay Reed is not what he once used to be, and I asked Kyle about that on Wednesday, um, he's still pretty damn good, and he's always been great off the line um, and getting, you know, getting his route started. So I'd be really interested to see that matchup. All right, with that said, Chris, unless you have any other matchups you want to get into here, let's make our predictions. Uh, you are the away team, even though this team is not hap- this game is not happening in the Bay Area. Chris, you right. can go first. What's your prediction Sunday between the 49ers and yeah. the Washington football so, team? So, um, 
you know, short week uh, as both teams are, but long travel uh, for Washington. I, I don't love that part of it. And also it very much seems like they're going to be without Antonio Gibson, uh, who has turf toe, who was lost early uh, on Monday night, only played four plays. And, and again, very unlikely that he will play. I can't rule him out officially 100%. I honestly smell let down here for the Washington football team. And I, I, I don't know why I just, you know, I, I thought they would be up for the Pittsburgh Steelers and the, and they started off really poorly and then they woke up. So I know they're capable of doing that every week and certainly this week. Uh, but for whatever reason, long travel again, short week, maybe not having the same juice for San Francisco, even though they're defending conference champions uh, than they had for Pittsburgh. I just see a close loss here. You know, maybe a turnover, maybe a missed kick, maybe something that goes wacky and awry and they lose. I'll call it 20 to 17 San Francisco in Arizona. Yeah, I think that's a, a good total number, too. The over-under is pretty low in this game, I think 43, and and I think there's a good reason for that. And uh, I do think that things point in the 49ers' direction in this game. The fact that uh, Alex Smith isn't the type of quarterback that's going to make a ton of plays with his legs anymore these days, and he doesn't have the arm to to for the 49ers to have to cover the whole field. Uh, the 49ers are really good when they know where a quarterback is going to be and they know he's going to be in the pocket for the most part. Even without Nick Bosa and D Ford, they've been pretty good in that regard. So I think that will benefit the 49ers as long as they can run and tackle JD McKissick and and they don't let Terry McLaurin loose on a, on a bunch of big plays. I think the 49ers can subdue Washington and I think that's a really good number for them to be at at around 17 points, you know, 17 to 20 point range for Washington's offense and then the 49ers uh, I really envision them having a nice game, and I think Kyle Shanahan's going to do a number on what he's able to draw up to try to avoid. First of all, the defensive line get things going horizontally on offense with you know motion and handing off and to his wide receivers, including his running backs, and, and getting wide on those players, and then throwing the ball over the middle of the field and trying to get those matchups with his run after catch receivers and Debo Samuel and. Um, and Brandon Ayuk, and I just see Mostert, Ayuk, and Debo getting a lot more touches than they did last week, and I think that'll be in the difference of this game and, and un enable the 49ers with Nick Mullins to move the football. So uh, the And I think the line is pretty right. I think prior to Monday Night Football with Washington winning and San Francisco losing, I think this line would have been bigger than three points but it's uh, and, and if it was actually a true home game, but uh, since it's neutral, it's about a three-point game, and I'll give up those three points, and I'll say the 49ers are able to win by four, 24-20 San Francisco. All right, so we both have San Francisco, both in a relatively close game, so we will see how this one plays out. Um, Ryan, it's always a pleasure to uh, be on with you. I know we did this uh, last year. Hopefully, well, I know that I know this year's game won't be as wet and as soggy and as monsoon-like. <laughs> yeah, a, a few more was. points this year, hopefully, than, than last year's game. Exactly, exactly. But always good to be with you. And again, happy holidays to you and uh, your family and, and all your listeners. I appreciate that. Same to you, Chris, and your listeners. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at BD Peacock, not only the host of Locked On 49ers, the host of the NFL Wide Daily Podcast with Matt Williamson, the Peacock and Williamson NFL show. And you can find Chris on Twitter at Russellmania621. Chris, always a pleasure. And both of us will be back tomorrow on our respective podcasts right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 
Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.